Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoop Jack Podcast Series. I am your host, Chris Farmstead, and today we are going to have a very great episode. We are going to talk a little bit about the NCAA with transfer portals in the NIL. We have our one-on-one Hooper profile with Alabama women's basketball star Hannah Barber, and we are going to continue with our coverage of the TBT tournament. It is getting down to the nitty-gritty. We've had other uh, locations start their rounds and start moving forward, but we're going to start it off right here with uh, breaking news at um, CBS Sports a few days ago, July 24th, which would have been, it would have been yesterday, but it was a couple of days ago, however long this kind of goes out and everyone gets a chance to hear it. But a couple of days ago, the there's an article that came out uh, by Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports saying the transfer portal is about to get even wilder when the NCAA allows players to transfer multiple times. So... He says, quote, get ready to see athletes play for four schools in four years when the NCAA approves new transfer rules next month. So according to the NCAA, it's going to be interesting for transfers. Uh, And the announcement came during SEC Media Day's this was the first reaction to the NCAA's announcement that the Division One Council had recommended eliminating the restriction against players transferring multiple times. The NCAA board directors expected to rubber stamp the recommendation August 3rd. So what I'm hearing is, is that the NCAA can allow student-athletes to transfer four times or more, depending on if they're grad year, four to four different schools to play with four different up to four different teams in my opinion that's the worst idea that you could really come up with i think the the idea of student athletes transferring four time up to four times is outrageous and ludicrous because that's showing me and probably a lot of coaches out there that you're going to have student athletes non-committing if they don't get the time that they need I think you're eliminating the fact that the NCAA is not wanting players to develop, which if you're a student athlete, especially for football, especially for basketball, especially for any other, even baseball, any sport that you have to develop, you're eliminating that concept that they don't need to stay at one school and develop their strength and conditioning, develop their grades, develop you know the concept of – this is what it takes. They, it, it's, it's hard. We all know it's hard, but you've got to commit. It's the commitment factor. Uh, continuing along with the article, uh, so uh, according to the article, it says, quote, because of the academic requirements involved, it will be difficult to transfer more than once as an undergrad. Incoming transfers have to be guaranteed financial aid for the five-year window of eligibility. According to Texas A&M football coach Jimbo Fisher, he also said, quote, it's just open recruitment of our own players, end quote. And it it is. It's basically saying that it's an – every year it's a transfer opportunity. Every year it's – I think of it every year as a draft. I think every year you're looking at – players who don't commit to that school for one year it's an open season it's an open draft 
you're like the NBA draft or the NFL draft, and you have your pick of who's out there, which I also think it's going to be hard for incoming freshmen to understand that because you're already looking at the fact that if you're letting transfer students go, like go and play anywhere, and then you kind of lose a scholarship here or there for the school because you've already given it to the transfer, that hurts the freshmen coming in because they're not getting that time they need to learn. They're getting the time to learn and they're getting the time to practice, but they're also looking at it as, I want to go somewhere where I can make a difference. And if you're continuously a program getting transfer students, you're not developing the undergrads. You're staying with the upperclassmen, the juniors, the seniors, and the grad kids. So it's it's a tough road to climb on. Uh, and then continuing on, the with it, the article saying, "quote The legislation was both expected and a surprise." Administrators who had seen the NCAA's grip on amateurism slip were not shocked. We are experiencing in real time the NCAA's slow, inexorable move toward a pro model. The latest example, on Friday, CBS Sports reported the Big Ten received a demand that players receive a share of media rights revenue. And I do think this is – it's power to the players. I think we've seen that with the world where it came to. I think a lot of people kind of forget – when GameStop made a huge, it, it basically brought power back to the people. This is essentially a power back, uh, power back to the students. This is a power back to, it gives the power back to them. It gives the power to for them to make their own decisions. But at the same time, it, it can it hurt for the future? I think it's a lot of questions to really garner with this. I would love to hear anybody's input on this for the future. And essentially, yeah, no one knows. They said in August, so in about about a couple weeks, they are going to cement this deal, seal this deal, and a time will tell how what can happen. I think it, it's a blessing and a curse because you got to look at it from you got to look at it from both sides. You you're excited to see the student athlete take back the power and be able to make more money out of it. However, you're looking at it as you're looking at it as the whole organization in general. I'm looking at it as I also got to look at it from a coach's perspective, from a from a athletic director's perspective. You have kids not wanting to commit for a year for more than a year. You're gonna have trouble committing to anybody for a year. You're gonna have student athletes drop at the hat because they don't they don't like it how they want it, and I'm afraid to see that happen because I feel that that's going to happen. You're going to see student athletes not act like their own agent. They're going to act like their own agent and negotiate, try to negotiate something. And you're going to have coaches and athletic directors who are not going to. They're not going to do that. They have a program to run. They have a ship to, to command. They are trying to win championships. They are trying to win games. And if you are not going to abide by that program, they don't need you. It's a, it's the same thing as the NBA or the NFL. There's someone out there to replace you. That's that easy. And I hate to say it is that easy to get replaced because there's someone out there who is willing to commit no matter what and not question everything. That's the thing with a college athlete. You can't question everything. 
you can ask questions you can ask questions you know after but you can't just be in denial or you can't be conflicting you need to go with the flow and abide by the coach because the coach is there his job is on the line too it's not just you it's his job because you do a poor performance he's out he or she is out of that program and that's what i'm afraid to see with student athletes and like i said it's a blessing and a curse for one hand i'm glad that they are becoming giving the opportunity to make money to create their brand and to do everything like that on the other hand you're gonna have student athletes who think that they are the goat and think they can negotiate everything from practice time to game time and that's not your call man you just gotta and you think you in hollywood because you making some money no you gotta run with the program and so hopefully this thing doesn't turn upside down like the fresh prince of bel-air but i think there's a lot there's so many questions you're gonna have people like me but i mean people are gonna argue what i'm saying is oh i'm not in favor of student athletes making money no i i'm seeing it from both sides you have to you have to be non-biased through a lot of these because it's a blessing and a curse i am all for i'm saying this and i'm saying this with as much passion as i can i want student athletes to succeed however you can't just do whatever you want that's the thing with being a part of a team, being a part of a program. Somebody is running the ship, and you need to follow their orders, follow the lead. That's what's part of being a program with a coach and an organization and anything like that. They want to go by the pro model. You have coaches. It's not like the NBA where you know players are making more money than the coaches. Right now, coaches at the college level are going to be uh, – some are, are – Pretty much all are going to be making more money than the players. But they don't have to keep you a part of the program if they don't want to. It's the same thing at the pro level. Like, someone's running the ship. You guys just need to deal with it. Work it out. But it's, like I said, you can't look at this um, transfer thing as a one side or the other. You have to look at it through the middle. You have to look at both sides and look at the pros and the cons because that's what's going to happen is there are pros and cons to this approach that if not addressed will cause problems in the future but we're going to take a quick commercial break guys when we come back we have our one-on-one hooper profile with alabama women's basketball star hannah barber so stay tuned Welcome back to the Hoop Jack Podcast Series, guys. And today, for our one-on-one Hooper profile, we have a very special guest from the University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Roll Tide. We have Ms. Hannah Barber from the Women's Basketball Program. Hannah, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. So, I got to ask, um, the atmosphere at Alabama, I'm assuming it lives up to the hype? <laughs> for sure. It definitely does. It's incredible down here. And does that hold true? Because I know uh, football is very big in Alabama with their program. And I'm assuming the same. T- is it also even the same or intensity turnout as it is at a, at a basketball game for either men or women? 
I would definitely say so. I think uh, one of the good things for us, at least, um, with the super engaged, super um, involved audience that football draws is that that carries over into all of our athletic programs and that same uh, championship atmosphere and and culture bleeds just throughout our entire athletic department. So um, while football does kind of set that standard, um, we're super fortunate, you know, to be a part of it um, and to share in that. And that's great to hear. And you kind of want to have that in a community itself that everyone shows support no matter what. Definitely. And being from Alabama yourself, you're born and raised in Alabama, specifically in Homewood, correct? Right. And what was kind of what was that uh, journey like growing up in Homewood, Alabama and playing at Homewood High School? Yeah, it was super special. Um, It was a really, really important time in my life. And obviously, a lot of that time was spent, you know, in the gym playing basketball um, with, you know, my teammates at Homewood that I grew up playing with. And and just to be a part of that community was really special. It's a really tight-knit community. Um, Again, kind of similar to how we have here at Alabama, just that community support is so strong. Um, And the people in Homewood are such good people. So I'm forever grateful for the experiences and the opportunity up in that community. And the opportunity to, to play at Alabama. I know that's, you know, to be at home no matter what and being at a really elite school and even the name Alabama in itself is one that you can take pride in. What was the feeling like committing to the role, the rolling tide? Yeah, I think as a kid growing up, you're either Alabama or you're Auburn, right? Like in the right. state of Alabama, you're either or. And my entire family was was Alabama fans. I grew up an Alabama fan. I remember when I was little just coming down to Tuscaloosa, going to football games, basketball games, gymnastics meets, softball games, right? Like we went to to all of the Alabama athletic events. And so when I was presented with the opportunity um, to be a part of this this program, it was really a dream come true because it was kind of what I was looking toward um, my entire childhood, right? Like I wasn't the kind of kid who, who grew up with dreams of playing in the WNBA. My dream was to play college basketball at the University of Alabama. So to see that kind of come to fruition um, when I was able to commit, it, it was a dream come true. Absolutely. And being able to play in Tuscaloosa and like you said, it's either Alabama or Auburn and then playing in the SEC itself, you have great competition between uh, Florida, Ole Miss, Auburn, Miss State, Tennessee. What's – I got to add, the, I know the the rivalry between Alabama and Auburn is like that. It's, it's so intense. Is it the same with any other team within the SEC that you guys have played against? Um, I would say it's mostly just Auburn because they're the team that um, – Every year we play twice during conference, so everybody else we rotate through. Um, so with Auburn being on our schedule home and away every single year, we know that we're going to have tough battles, and it's a super fun environment um, with that with that kind of rivalry going. And then some years uh, we end up playing them, you know, three times even if we see them in the SEC tournament, which has happened a couple times. So that's been a really fun rivalry to be a part of with Auburn. And you're entering your grad year at Tuscaloosa, correct? Correct. Yeah, this is my fifth year. And I know with COVID, COVID having happened, I know that kind of put a dampener on a lot of people, a lot of student athletes with playing wise and then school wise. 
how were you able to kind of persevere through that experience as a student athlete? Yeah, obviously it was um, super unprecedented and there were so many terrible, terrible things that happened, you know, during, during the pandemic. But for me, I was really blessed to, to be able to take time to just stay safe and slow down and really just, just kind of get my feedback under me. Um, really good time for me to just be, you know, be safely with my family. And, and I luck, I was lucky enough to have gym access during that time. So um, it, it was just a, a good time for me to kind of look internally and, and figure out, you know, where I can be better um, on the floor, off the floor, what, whatever that might look like. Um, so that's kind of what, that's kind of was my approach to it. Um, obviously from a team perspective, we weren't able to do a whole lot. So I kind of used that time to, to look internally and really do some work there. And I know that can be hard with everything stopping at, you know, in a split second and you kind of have to adjust to that. And it sounds like you were able to take advantage of that time to still practice, still continue with your education and everything like that. Yeah, for sure. And having came back to, uh, and then coming back, I know that had to be hard on everybody. And then with kind of scheduling as far as if teams have, don't have enough players and it's with COVID, everything's canceled. Can you walk me through that first year that, that, that season would have been the 2021, 22 year or no 2021 year. Correct. Correct. So it would have been, yeah, 2020, 2021. And um, actually from our program, we did much better um, that year in terms of, of, protocols and all of those kinds of things we were super fortunate we did not have any cancellations um that were due to COVID in our program um so I think that the SEC did a really good job of of keeping us safe and keeping protocol in place because um I think maybe that entire year we had one game canceled um and it was because our opponents couldn't travel to us so we were just super vigilant um, during that time and, and made sure that we knew um, that we wanted to get back to the NCAA tournament. We knew uh, what kind of goals that we had after our season had gotten cut short the previous year. So we just really locked in and, and were super strict and did as much as we possibly could to, you know, make sure that we were available for each game. And I can't even imagine kind of the, the ups and downs that that year had to be with, teams canceling and and like you said i mean it sounds like the sec did their job and made sure that there wasn't a whole lot of cancellations for the program programs in its in itself so it's fortunate you guys got to kind of play through under the circumstances yeah for sure obviously safety was our number one priority um but again with with what the sec was able to do um as far as protocols we all felt safe and and were able to keep competing so and with this last year that you guys had, you guys had a great, you guys had a great year. You finished uh, twenty and fourteen, so above five hundred. Uh, some close wins and close losses in between. You had a good win against Auburn by three, lost to Mississippi State. Some tough losses, but some good wins too here and there. And you guys did uh, did well in the SEC tournament. Unfortunately, dropping to. Uh, Tennessee in the quarterfinals and how 
how big of a game, how good of a game was that for y'all? Like, I know that had to be a tough loss, but how were you guys able to kind of push that towards when you guys moved to the NIT? Yeah, for sure. I think um, looking back, going a little bit before the conference tournament into our conference season, um, the month of January was tough for us. And between injuries um, and illness and different kinds of things in January, um, and also with having three um, three new people in the lineup as well as some some other newcomers on top of that, it kind of took us a minute to find our footing um, in conference play. And I think the the way that we played in February and the way that we played into March really speaks to that because once we were able to kind of figure out who we were, um, what worked for us, what didn't, we were able to start winning some games and putting some wins together. And I think that was the conference tournament. So with that being said, when you have to play on the first, first day of the the SEC tournament, it makes it a little bit tough by the time you get to the, you know, the Tennessee game for us, um, it's your third game and you're a little bit fatigued. So um, it's really important that we, you know, understand that earlier on in conference um, so that we're able to kind of put ourselves in a better position. But it was a great it was a great environment. The SEC tournament's always a lot of fun. Um, obviously, in our conference, top to bottom, it's super competitive. Um, anybody can win on any night. And um, it's really fun to be a part of a conference like that. Absolutely. And, and there's so much. And even though you guys fell short in the conference tournament and the NIT, but you guys played your heart out and I've said this to a lot of people who've been on the show. There's nowhere to go, but up for, for sure. Still growing. You guys still have, you have upperclassmen still staying to try to improve from this past year. And you got some new incoming freshmen or even returning sophomores coming in to kind of help with the rotations here and there. And you have a great coach in Christy Curry, who's done an you know, unbelievable job with this program. How, has the relationship been how have well kind of sorry uh so how is how good of a relationship do you have with her both on and off the court and and her having helped you along the way with your college career yeah for sure she's been incredible it's not been a day that I've been a part of this program where she has not shown up and given us everything that she has um whether that's you know, on the floor, off the floor, whether that's in recruiting, whether that's in um, our personal lives, whatever it is, she's always going to show up and give us her best. And I think that's something that we all really respect um, and appreciate from her. Um, I would also say that our relationship over the past five years has has grown a lot and I've learned so much from her. Um, I want to go into coaching when I get done playing. So to kind of have that point guard head coach relationship where I'm learning from her and kind of absorbing all, all the things that she's teaching us every day um, has been really special to me. And she, she's been super supportive in kind of giving me that feedback and, and, you know, handing me some advice here and there and things that she's learned along the way and kind of dropping some gems. So I'm just super grateful for that relationship. And I know that it's one that will continue um, for long after when, when my time here is done. And is that the goal for, after your grad year to kind of get it to a spot where you can coach or is there something else that you would want to kind of parlay with it? Yeah, no, I want to go into um, coaching at the college level. It's yeah, that's the route. route. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, that's good to hear. And even Alabama can help and Alabama has probably so many connections for you to 
get a jump start into that as an assistant somewhere. Yeah, definitely. That's another thing going back to Coach Curry. Um, the amount of former players and former assistants um, that she has who are now head coaches or, or assistants on other staffs um, is, is really special. Um, and I know that that'll be something that um, I'll be able to have access to when that time comes. Absolutely. And kind of segueing here, I know with the NCAA allowing student athletes like yourself and many more to capitalize with the NIL. Uh, and before we get into your own personal ones, I wanted to talk to you about, and I think you had just posted this today about a new store called the authentic with Alabama and fanatics. Yes. First of its kind store in Bryant Denny stadium, which is, uh, is that what, which stadium would that be? I'm the football to... football stadium stadium. Okay. Yes. And it's featuring an NIL activation area and co-branded NIL merchandise. So from what I'm hearing is is Alabama is taking its first steps to allow student athletes a way into the world of NIL, which I think that it's amazing for student athletes to kind of get their foot in the door. Um, but do you have any any more information about that that I don't or um no, I do not. We It was obviously just announced actually this morning um, to us as well, um, but it is. It, it looks like it's going to be something that's really special, a partnership with Fanatics um, inside of Bryant-Denny, and it's something that we're super excited about as athletes because, again, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, when everyone thinks of the University of Alabama, um, their immediate thought goes to our football program, right? But because of the success of that program, all of our athletic departments are able to participate in things like this exciting partnership with Fanatics um, for our university. So I know that across our entire athletic department, we're super excited um, because, again, this is we talk about Alabama being, you know, having a championship culture and kind of leading the charge and and all of those kinds of things. And this is just another example of a way that our athletic department and our university um, are kind of putting that putting that foot forward and, and really showing that. Um, it's investing in its student athletes. Have they set a date for when it was kind of going to be built or is it kind of still in the works? Um, from my understanding, I haven't heard anything. Um, so I think it's something that's still still in the works. The works. Yeah. And kind of going into the stuff that you have uh, gotten the chance to work with. I noticed you are partnered with Dr. Dish Pro, which is a uh, basketball and, and it's like a shooting machine um, that you can use for practice and everything like that. Or you kind of want to clarify it more. I mean, I probably don't know as much as you do about it, but. No, you're, you're spot on. It, it is. It's a, um, it's a shooting machine and basically it rebounds your shots for you. It counts your shots and helps you keep track of um, the shots that you're taking um, and kicks them back out to you. Um, so kind of acts as like a passer rebounder. Mm -hmm. duo um in the form of like a shooting machine but but this partnership obviously shooting is a huge part of what i do on the basketball floor um and and actually i've been using a doctor dish for gosh five or five years maybe three i know definitely since i've been in college um so at least four years maybe even before then but it was just an opportunity that i was really fortunate to have um, because, again, it is something that I already use. And to be able to track makes um, and attempts 
all throughout my offseason training has been has been super helpful for me. Um, actually, we're we're kind of doing something right now that we're calling uh, 30K Shot Club, which is um, the goal for this offseason is to get to 30,000 makes because recently uh, Dr. Dish has done studies involving, you know, how many shots you need to get up in order to improve your shooting percentage. And um, based on some of the numbers that they ran, if you're getting a, if you're getting 30,000 makes, once you hit that 30,000 make mark, shooting percentages are said to go up 10%. Um, so it's something really cool um, that I'm able to be a part of um, and something that also helps me on the basketball floor a ton. Absolutely. And I, uh, especially those kind of tools that you want to have to improve your game and people can find uh and get their hands on a doctor dish through your website on your page, correct? Yes. And it's a great product. I hope to one day have the space to where I can. <laughs> uh, and not just you, but even a lot of Alabama student athletes are partnered with Taziki Mediterranean Cafe. Yes. And can you kind of can you explain to me what more kind of how you guys get involved and the kinds of food? I know. Yeah. It's not- food but yeah it was Mediterranean food and so with Tzatziki's um the partnership kind of came about at the beginning of of the kind of NIL era where um as athletes we're always looking for ways to you know fuel our bodies get us ready from for training recover after training um and Tzatziki's is a place that I've grown up going to my family with they have locations in Birmingham um, that I used to go to with my family. And, and so when I came to Tuscaloosa, it was natural for me to want to get, you know, post-game meals from there or, um, you know, lunches on the weekends with my friends from there. So, um, just kind of highlighting the importance of nutrition while also still having food that tastes really good, um, is something that's important to me. And that's what Tzatziki's has to offer. Okay. So it, and it also gives you guys, the healthy options so you need to stay with it stay definitely the health parts of the you know staying in shape well also great food because yes food is great as long i mean as long as you know you're eating in moderation and for sure obviously that's something that's something you want to have as a student athlete and it's great to see that the school is working with them to kind of give you guys options as well to capitalize but also grab some delicious food yeah definitely um and so so it was great uh one of my last questions that i have for you is and i love asking this question is what advice could you give to the next generation of hoopers or even um girls basketball players wanting to take that leap towards the college level to expand their game yeah so a couple things um, that I would say. One is is to take command of your own development, and what I mean by that is is take ownership over what it is that you want to do and how you're going to do that. Your coaches are super helpful, and obviously they play a pivotal role in in what we do as athletes, and your teammates, and your parents, and all all of these people that are around you. Um, are, are there to support you and are there um, to, to help you along this journey. But at the end of the day, you have to take ownership of your own development and do the extra 
um, be disciplined enough to do things um, that you know you should do even when you don't feel like it. Watch the extra film, go get up the extra shots, eat the healthier options, you know, get more sleep. Like all of those things to me add up to taking ownership of your own development, of your own improvement. Um, and then the second thing that I would say with that is just try to get 1% better. I don't really set um, goals per se. I try to uh, maintain habits that I set for myself and, and kind of use those systems and habits to get 1% better each day and then over time allow that to compound. Um, so really take ownership of your own development and just try to get 1% better every day. And then the last thing that I would say is just keep having fun with it. Um, don't ever, uh, ever lose the joy or the love that, that drew you to the game of basketball. Um, because it, at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? It's a game and it's supposed to be fun. And I think the second that we forget that and get caught up in all of the other, the other elements of it, um, that's when, you know, we're, we're not able to get to where, to where we know that we can go. So don't ever, don't ever lose that joy um, and that love for the game. Absolutely. Thank you for that advice moving forward. I know it'll help whoever's listening and even help who you teach uh, later on with, <laughs> uh, with your coaching opportunities, wherever you land. But thank you, Hannah, for taking the time to come on the show. I wish you the best of luck moving forward with your grad year at Alabama. I'll be definitely tuning into some games. I'll see about the schedule. Maybe I can try to come out to one if they're close by. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me on. And, and thank you for all that you do to, to continue to, to grow the game of basketball and, and highlight um, all of these incredible college athletes because we have some super, super incredible people, people um, in collegiate athletics. And I appreciate the work that you do to, to highlight those. Thank you. And I'm excited for your opportunities as, as a coach and – I wish you the best of luck moving forward, but thank you for taking the time to come on the show. For sure. Appreciate you. No problem. We'll be right back with more Hoop Jack, guys. Stay tuned. And we're back, guys. So I want to thank Hannah for taking the time to come on the show. I wish her the best of luck with her, the rest of her time at Alabama moving forward and the rest of the companies that she has, companies that she has been a part of over the years and the name that she's made for herself. I'm excited to see how much she can grow and move forward. And... Moving on with our last topic of the day, we continue with our talks on the TVT since the NBA season is still um, like two, three months away, two months, you know, eight to ten weeks, and Summer League is over, so we still we have the TBT, um, and for those of you who have been living under a rock, the TBT is the million-dollar tournament that is offered to alumni of different school or even overseas players to have a chance to earn millions of dollars. You have some teams like um, you have HBC United, Florida TNT, Nasty Natty, uh, Best Virginia. Heard that um, the Nerd Team, Bayheim's Army, a lot of great alumni teams, and even some overseas team, like some great teams like the Money Team, to have a chance to earn a million dollars and. Continuing on with some of the games we've had this week, uh, Best Virginia beat uh, new incomer Virginia Dream 75-45 to play against. This is going to be a great matchup, uh, and they're going to play against Heard That. So you got a great West Virginia matchup here, and 
ironically enough, we've had uh, on Best Virginia, we do have uh, a guest who's been on the show before, uh, Kevin Jones. He was actually he was one of our actual, I think, first people who came on the show to be interviewed, and I'm excited to see how he does. And then with Heard That, I don't think we haven't had anybody from Heard That, but you do have the great duo of John and Ott Elmore. Ott Elmore has made his name within the West Virginia, uh, at least the Huntington community at Marshall University, an alum, and and he's done wonders in the TBT. He's a lights out shooter. He has said this will be his last year with the TBT and with Heard That. So I am excited to see if Heard That can push that hurdle, be, uh, have this great you know, West Virginia matchup that you see between Heard That and West Virginia. And that game is going to be uh, – that does not say when that will be uh, surprising. So – uh, we'll go from there. And you've also seen the Golden Eagles have won and Red Scares won. Uh, tough. And then we had a tough, you know, run where HBC United, they uh, lost to the Americana for Autism. It was a close game. And they had a great run moving forward. And... It's sad to see, but, you know, pushing on, I'm I'm still, my bracket is still, I still have the money team winning it all. Uh, I would like to see an up-and-comer move forward. I would like to see Heard That move forward, even Best Virginia. I'd like to see the Gutter, Gutter Cat Gang move forward, and even the Aftershocks, because they've been returning champs for a while, but who knows what could happen. And that's going to be it, guys. Um, and before we go, I'd like to thank uh, Boosted Biz, Kenichi Bear, and a new company that I've reached out to who I can't wait to work with the future is Moolah Kicks. So first we'll have Boosted Biz. They've been able to get our merch line out there and given the opportunity for us to for, – uh, for even you guys to purchase some swag. So make sure to head, head over to Boosted Biz. You can find them on our link tree. And click on the website, and all of the merch line is out there. Make sure to help support. Grab some T-shirts, shorts, especially with its and tank tops. It's hot outside, guys. You need something with breathable to wear. Uh, also, with Kenichi Bear, you guys can head over to their website, check out their merch line, as well as their headphones, the Hibernation Fives, a great headset for gaming, listening to music, both, and it's wireless too, so you don't have to worry about cords or anything like that. And finally, uh, with Moolah Kicks, they are a high-performance women's clothing and shoe brand. They are a great company for uh, girls who are committed to the game of basketball or even are just starting out. Uh, you guys can head over to their Instagram page and their website, uh, Moolah Kicks. Uh, great company. I wish them – I hope to one day collab with them to – work on merch lines or shoes or something like that. I'm excited to see their company grow and move forward, um, but I can't wait. And to kind of close it out, I hope everyone has a great week. I know summer is – we're heading into August, so the heat's only going to get worse. So stay cool, stay 
dry, find some shade, drink some ice water, go get a Slurpee if you want. But take care of yourselves out there. Don't be a by- and don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.